0: The Philadelphia Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts in a dominant defensive line, and I'm going to tell you exactly why the Falcons should follow that exact blueprint to build around Desmond Ritter and to build up in the trenches this offseason. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So you guys know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black. And of course, the most humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta podcast family. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started So guys we thank you for making locked on Falcons your first listen each and every day of course is free and available Monday through Friday on a variety of podcast platforms including Apple Odyssey Google and Spotify and of course on YouTube make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and you'll get the video version of the podcast the night before the audio drops and check us out on Roku and Amazon Fire TV by downloading the locked on Sports Atlanta app on your Roku and Amazon Fire TV So guys today, we're talking about what happened Sunday with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs advancing to Super Bowl Fifty Six, I believe it is, in Arizona this year. But you know, I want to tell you a story first before we get into that. Once upon a time, there was a team that paid a buttload of money to their franchise quarterback after he uh, led them to a Super Bowl, um, but then his play took a little bit of a dip thereafter. And the team wound up drafting his potential replacement on day two of a later draft. But before they could toss the keys fully to that young upstart, they had to dump their former franchise quarterback, had to take a historic amount of dead money in the process. Their young upstart started four games in his rookie season. Wasn't great. And there weren't that many people that were convinced that he was the future of their franchise. But the following year after that rookie start, They were picking in the top 10, had a chance to draft a better overall prospect. Uh, After all, you know, they're drafting a guy that's considered a top 10 talent rather than settling for a guy that wasn't even a first round pick. But they passed on that quarterback and they gave that young upstart quarterback a chance to prove himself. And he didn't get off to the greatest start in his second NFL season but he eventually figured it out in part thanks to having a dominant running game. And they rode that dominant run game all the way to the playoffs. And then when they got there, that young upstarts limited passing ability kind of got exposed and people were convinced. Yeah. He he just doesn't have it. So everybody figured, okay, it's time to turn the page to another guy, put yourself in a position to go get a better quarterback the next year. But they didn't do that. They rode that young guy. And that young guy in that following season wound up leading them to the Super Bowl. And guys, I'm not describing Desmond Ritter. I just described Jalen Hurts. Now I could be describing Desmond Ritter because I think that is potentially the path forward for the Atlanta Falcons following the Philadelphia Eagles blueprint. And sure I fudged a couple of details and blurred the timeline a little bit to make the point, but what you're going to hear probably in the comments of this very video and elsewhere is people will insist, well, Desmond Ritter isn't like Jalen Hurts. Sure. Desmond Ritter in his rookie season wasn't like Jalen Hurts in his third NFL season. But Desmond Ritter, you know, looked a lot like Jalen Hurts in his first season as well, was a guy that you just weren't 100% sold on. And, you know, if you focus on, well, Ritter isn't Hurts, I think you missed the point of the story, right? Because very few people, and you can go talk to the locked on Eagles. Uh, and go check out their podcast and very few people thought jalen hurts would be here where he is today no one thought he'd be a future mvp candidate mvp runner-up right you know especially after those first four starts in 2020 they simply saw him as a bridge quarterback and the reason why jalen hurts is now leading the philadelphia eagles to the super bowl is not because he's some physically gifted quarterback sure jalen hurts is a very athletic quarterback, one of the better running quarterbacks in the NFL, has a very good arm, all those various things. But the reason why Jalen Hurts is here and the Philadelphia Eagles are here is not because of those physical attributes, guys. It's because of the intangibles, the character, the leadership, the work ethic, those are the things that led Jalen Hurts to this point to get better year after year after year, not some athletic gifts. So I think those are the things that people need to be focused on when we talk about Desmond Ritter. It's not the arm strength. It's not all that stuff. It's, is he the warrior? Is he the competitor? Is he the leader? Time will tell on that. But I think Desmond Ritter does check a lot of those boxes to make you feel good about building around him in the future. And, you know, before we move on from this conversation, just a couple of stats, I just want to throw at you, you know, Jalen Hurts has adjusted net yards per attempt after his rookie season, four starts that he had, by the way, the Eagles were one in three during those starts, 585 you know what Desmond Ritter's was after his four starts 5.77, so roughly the same. And if you look at Jalen Hurts's passing grade, according to PFF, in his four starts, it was a 57.5. Desmond Ritter's is a 60.1, so they're about at the same point starting point with arguably Ritter being slightly ahead of Jalen Hurts, at least based off of PFF metrics, uh, where their starting point out. So again. He's off to a little bit of a better start than Jalen Hurts was when he started. And again, look where he got. But of course, you know, beyond just comparing the two quarterbacks, the obvious difference between the Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles is the Eagles dominance in the trenches and especially on the defensive side of the ball. And you sit here and say, we don't have what the Eagles have and you'll be 100% right. But we got to build that. And it starts. This offseason, we'll get into that as we continue today's episode, right? Because the hiring of Ryan Nielsen signals that we're headed in that direction. And we'll break that down as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. Valentine's Day is coming up, and that means romance is in the air. But I don't need to tell you that because I'm sure you've already set your plans for weeks in advance on the calendar. And you've got that date planned and everything. But have you found a perfect gift? And whether you're looking to celebrate romance or you're looking to pop the question, you can find jewelry as unique as she is with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenow.com. At bluenow.com, you can find the perfect piece for life's special moments or create a custom engagement ring of her dreams. Their simple online tools at Blue Nile will let you choose the diamond shape, size, clarity, as well as setting style. You can take control and forget the usual hassles of jewelry shopping. And with Blue Nile's diamond price guarantee, they can meet or beat the price of any competitor. Every order is insured and arrives quickly in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shipping is also free, and so are the returns. So right now, save up to fifty percent at bluenile.com. That's bluenile.com for fifty percent off blue nile.com so guys as we continue today's locked on falcons you know as you can probably guess i'm filming from an undisclosed location uh may be down here in mobile and along with me is going to be the several members of the locked on podcast network breaking down all the practices and you can check out locked on nfl draft for nightly live shows on tuesday wednesday and thursday over this week at 9 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you check out locked on NFL draft wherever you get your podcast. So let's talk about that big fundamental difference that we're all looking at between the Falcons and the Eagles. And of course, that is the strength of the Eagles of roster is being strong in the trenches. And they certainly were already strong in the trenches when Jalen Hurts arrived in 2020. And so he inherited a much more favorable scenario than Desmond Ritter did here in Atlanta. But even though that is a fundamental difference to where Jalen Hurts came in, that doesn't necessarily mean that that has to lead to a fundamental difference in where Desmond Ritter in this case ends up. And so you got to start somewhere, right? You got to begin that journey at some point in time. And basically the question I ask, and I'm sure many of you are asking, if not now, when the Falcons have $73 million in cap space this off season, at least if they cut marcus mariota and casey hayward which i think is likely to come and you can devote a large percentage of that to shoring up especially that defensive front which we've touched upon already and i think the hiring of ryan nielsen um and looking at what type of defense presumably he's going to want to build i think you're going to see this finally here in atlanta this offseason and we're Reporting from Dennis Allen's scheme that he built in New Orleans, because, of course, Ryan Nielsen was the T-line coach, even though he had co-defensive coordinator uh, duties in New Orleans, he wasn't calling plays Defense That was Dennis Allen's defense. But that defense requires a strong defensive line, right? Because we've talked about it before. They're going to rely heavily on those split safety looks, those two high looks, right? They're going to play primarily man coverage. But instead of playing your standard cover one, it's going to be a lot more cover two or sometimes it's called cover five or two man under. And what that does, especially when an offense matches that with five receivers that are being released in the route, means two safeties, five linebackers and corners covering those guys. And that means you can only rush four guys. And so if you're going to get reliable pressure with four, right, you got to have a strong front. And the Saints under Ryan Nielsen have built that over the last six seasons. In the six years that Ryan Nielsen has coached the Saints defensive line, guess who was number two in sacks produced over that six-year span? The New Orleans Saints. Number one was the Steelers. Number two was the Saints. Number three was the Rams. Number four was the Eagles. Number five was Washington. And what do those five teams have in common? They have difference makers up front. They invested significant resources in their front four. And I think you'll see the Falcons do exactly the same. And then, you know, when they're not playing man coverage and, you know, the Dennis Allen and Ryan Nielsen led saints defenses were playing zone. They played a lot more cover two and cover four with those quote unquote split safety looks rather than your standard cover three. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. The reason why cover three became so popular over the last decade, in part due to the Seahawks success earlier in the decade, but It was in large part due to the fact that it much more easily allows you to bring an extra defender into the box. That strong safety cam chancellor in Seattle, Keanu Neal here in Atlanta for several years, getting that eighth defender in the box makes it so much easier to defend the run. But we saw in 2021, according to football outsiders, these Saints ranked 28th in the NFL in terms of number of defenders in the box because the Saints don't play cover three, right? They rely on those split safeties, So that means you're going to uh, rely on those lighter boxes to defend the run, right? And so they were 28th in the NFL in terms of the least amount of defenders or most amount of defenders in the box, meaning that they were bottom five in terms of the numbers in the box because they often had those safeties, uh, you know, playing deep, rather than having that guy creep up into the box. But yet in 2021, when they played with these incredibly light boxes, they still were the best run defense in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders. And how were they able to accomplish that? That was because they were strong up front. And Nielsen is going to be about getting the defensive line that is not only able to pressure the quarterback, but also is going to be very good in his run fits. We heard this from Cam Jordan himself, guys when he semi-applauded, quasi-applauded the Falcons hiring of Ryan Nielsen. Basically, Cam Jordan, I quote, Ryan Nielsen is a top-tier defensive line coach in terms of developing pass rush and emphasizing technique on run and gap integrity. That's exactly what you need for this type of defensive line. That's going to have to be able to control the line of scrimmage because they're not going to get as much help from those safeties in terms of the box. Same thing goes with the linebackers. The linebacker is going to be more disciplined and, and do the things that we haven't seen this linebacker court do these last couple of years. So to me, this hiring of Ryan Nielsen signals The Falcons are going to do the darn thing, right, and invest in their defensive line like we've been pining for for many, many years. So I sit here in late January, early February, as many of you guys are checking this out. And I will admit, if we get to March and the Falcons are sort of twiddling their thumbs and not making these investments that they need to in order to have that dominant front up to be able to control the line of scrimmage, then yes, I will join you. We'll get the pitchforks, we'll get the torches, and we're going to burn Flowery Branch to the ground. But normally, I'm the guy that says, I'll believe it when I see it. But I'm very optimistic. I'm very confident that sitting here today that we're going to finally see it this offseason. So I look forward to that. I hope you guys are also looking forward to that. So what are we going to see when we finally see it, right? So we'll break down what exactly... It is, we're going to see come March when the Falcons are signing some of these free agents and spending that $73 million in free agency to beef up this defensive line. And we'll get into that as we continue today's episode. NFL playoffs are here. And we're excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That is Fandle. If you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because you can find great ways to bet from the money line to the point spreads to the player props. And you got to love the bigger payouts with the same game parlay and new customers. If you join today, you'll get started with one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet. All you got to do is sign up at fanduelcom dot slash locked on. It's all on the app where it's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. So football fans don't miss out. Place your first five dollar bet and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets win or lose. At fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, guys, we're wrapping up today's Locked On Falcons. And we've talked a little bit about this on Saturday or Friday night, depending on when you check this out, when we broke down the initial news of the Ryan Nielsen hire and how it's likely given this regime's background and trusting in their coaches right we've seen the last two off seasons the the primary players that the falcons have brought into this building have been players that were previously known by this coaching staff previously known by this front office right that's the thing that arthur smith and terry fonten they talk you know terry fonten especially he's all about makeup makeup we got to have the right makeup the right guys right and you only know that if you know the guys right and if you do your or you do your do in the draft, but primarily with the veteran players, you got to do your research. And it's, you know, obviously a coach is going to have someone who's already coached that player is going to have uh, a little bit more info on which guys have the right makeup rather than just going out there and spending all your money on sort of the big name players. But we'll see if the Falcons, you know, veer from that strategy or they continue to double down. But for the, you know, sake of, you know, Easiness will assume that the Falcons will continue to invest in that strategy, although they may make selective uh, signings elsewhere. But today, the rest of today's episode, I do want to focus on some of the names um, that this coaching staff knows. And we've touched upon the former Saints all across the defense that are going to be free agents this offseason that the Falcons will have all the money in the world to throw out any number of these guys. And it starts up front. Marcus Davenport. David Onyemada, Shai Tuttle, Contavia Street, Tano Passigno, Sheldon Rankins, Taylor Stallworth, Mario Edwards, Tyler Davidson. You pick any three, four, five of those names, Falcons can sign them all. Right? You move to the linebacker core, Caden Ellis, Quan Alexander, Alex Anzalone, A.J. Klein, all players that have played in this Dennis Allen system over the last six seasons. That are free agents this offseason, right? You go to the secondary. CJ Gardner Johnson, Eli Apple, JT Gray, PJ Williams, Von Bell, right? So a lot of these guys, you know, are high-level players. Davenport, Anya Mata, Tuttle, Ellis, Gardner Johnson. These are gonna be probably upper level free agents, right? They're gonna they're not gonna be cheap, right? But I don't think these guys are going to break the bank in terms of what the Falcons can do. And I think maybe Gardner Johnson probably would be the guy that would break the bank. And I I do personally expect Philadelphia to prioritize bringing him back. But we'll see if they successfully can pull that off given that they're up against the salary cap. And certainly, you know, they may be a team that, hey, if they win the Super Bowl, they'll let some of these guys walk so that they can – be in a position to reload especially in a future where they have to pay Jalen Hurts all the money in the world to keep him in business. But Von Bell, we mentioned before where we talked before on the Saturday about how because of the split safety looks and Von Bell playing that Cincinnati system that plays a lot of two high coverages, uh, maybe we want Von Bell a little bit more because he's more comfortable playing those two high coverages than Jesse Bates. But then I was reading an article by Oliver Connolly breaking down the Saints' scheme from last summer. And he was talking about how Marcus Williams, who signed with the Ravens this past offseason, was and how important he was to that Saints defensive success. And one of the things that Oliver uh, noted was that, you know, while Williams is, you know, when he came out of Utah was noted to be more of that ball hawking cover three single high safety Right. But he worked so well in the Saints split safety looks, um, despite their reliance on those two high coverages, because a lot of times his ability to be able to play those deep routes allowed the other safety, in this case, Malcolm Jenkins, to be a lot more aggressive because he knows the guy next to him can cover up his mistakes. Right. And that's interesting to me because we talked about this towards the end of the season when we were talking about some of Richie Grant's struggles and one of the things I mentioned is if the Falcons played more split safety coverages, it could allow Richie Grant to be a lot more aggressive, right? in jumping some of those crossing routes that he'll see in those coverages because he knows he has that ball hawking safety, you know, to cover up his mistakes that Richie Grant can play that aggressive style of defense. That we talked about. And we talked about how it's easier, the notion is it's easier to try to rein somebody in an over aggressive player than trying to ramp up or rev up a passive player. Right. And so that was the case with Richie Grant. And so the reason I bring that up is because I'm looking at Jesse Bates, right, in terms of finding that Marcus Williams, that guy that has that ball hawking center fielder cover three skill set, but putting him in the cover two. Again, Jesse Bates playing in Cincinnati system, playing a healthy amount of cover two, over there, as well as being that ball hawking single high safety. So we're back on the Jesse Bates bandwagon here on Locked On Falcons, and saying that he is the analog for Marcus Williams. That you know, Marcus Williams was a big part of why that scheme worked so successfully in previous years, and in order to incorporate a similar style, bringing Jesse Bates to Atlanta. Hey, and you can sign Von Bell as well. Look, we got all the money, guys. So bring them all. That's that's what I said here. I say bring them all, right? So I say bring them all here. Let's you know let them all compete in camp, or do all that stuff, and we'll see what works out. So we are back on Jesse Bates. That's a, I just wanted to end it by saying you know we seemed like we were moving off of Jesse Bates before the when the weekend started. We're back on Jesse Bates with the weekend closing. So these are going to be things that we're going to continue to discuss. And sort of the other sort of details of Ryan Nielsen, aka Dennis Allen screen uh scheme, uh, and sort of the types of players that we can get it, right? And you know, the Bengals didn't make it to the Super Bowl this year, but one of the things that we talked about last year was the Bengals had like what? I can't remember the exact numbers, but they were dead last in sacks in 2020, right? I think they had like 17 sacks in 2020 or 19 sacks in 2020 very similar to the 2021 Falcons. And then the Bengals I think went from like 17 to like 40 sacks in 2021 on their first trip to the Super Bowl. How did they do it? Via free agency. Trey Hendrickson, BJ Hill, uh DJ Reeder. They signed a whole bunch of free agents guys. Right? And so we'll we'll, we'll break that down. We'll 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 get back into that. Uh, we'll dust off those that old episode that we did last year when we talked about how to fix the pass rush. Just basically, I, I'll maybe I'll just throw the whole episode back up again to, uh, and then just add a couple of footnotes at the end to update the the data. But it's basically again, everybody, you know, again, I have no problem with people saying we need to invest in the draft in terms of our pass rush. But if you want to see real difference, if you want to be able to be in a situation where uh, Desmond Ritter is like Jalen Hurts and can have that supporting cast and have that defense that along with all the, the development that goes on the offensive side of the ball that can actually match that on defense side of the ball, it comes in free agency first and foremost. And that was going to be a point of emphasis here on Lockdown Falcons for the coming weeks that we can sit here and dream about draft. And that's fine, guys. You can want Miles Murphy or Tyree Wilson or Jalen Carter or whoever you want in the draft. I don't care. But if this team is going to make any difference and be in any position where they can follow the Eagles blueprint and have Desmond Ritter potentially winning postseason games in a few years, it's going to start in March, not in April. Starts in March. So remember that. Break that down. So we'll follow the Eagles blueprint as well as the Bengals blueprint as well to show, you know, successful teams and how they build this thing. So we'll get into that, guys, in the coming weeks. Hope you enjoyed today's Locked on Falcons. We'll be back for more coverage all week long, breaking down senior bowl practice stuff. I'll see if I can get some guests on here, talk a little bit about what they saw in practices and some guys that they have their eyes on all week long. So looking forward to that. Uh, Tomorrow should be that first episode you know, the first practice. So I'm I'm very much looking forward uh, to uh, checking out my first senior bowl practice on tomorrow's episode, guys, but really appreciate you for tuning in and making us your first listen each and every day for your second listen, of course, check out locked on NFL draft, check out locked on NFL for the daily conversations on the biggest stories in sports, as well as locked on sports, Atlanta, as well as locked on Hawks, locked on Bulldogs, locked on Braves, all part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.